my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter on Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. And, of course, you're saying today is Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, today is Monday. And, of course, our good friend today, uh, Pastor uh, Will Mawala. Unfortunately, he's over in uh, Sydney at a, at a conference. Uh, we really do uh, miss uh, our good mate, uh, Will, which means I'm filling in for him, which means this is Pastor Gary uh, here with you today, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. And now, folks, this week we're following the theme, the Bible, the Spirit, Spirit, the Bible, the believer, and the Spirit. Uh, and today we're going to be chatting on that question. Is the Holy Spirit real? What did Jesus say? This is a, such a, a big, this is a huge question. Uh, you know, church after church that I've been in, people have wanted to talk about this particular subject. Uh, there are so many different views in the Christian world. Is it really essential? And does our understanding of the Holy Spirit matter anyway? Uh, there's some of the questions we're going to be uh, looking at at uh, this uh, this week. Now, uh, folks, to, to guide us through our discussion uh, today, later today, we're going to be joined by our regular Monday cohort, and that's Pastor Yong Sin Chi, and we call him Yoshi, uh, makes it uh, nice and nice and simple. <laughs> and Yoshi's actually uh, one of my many, many uh, bosses. He's the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, right here in uh, South Oz, which means I've got to be really careful of the questions. <laughs> that I do actually ask to uh, uh, Pastor Yoshi, otherwise I might get myself into terrible trouble. I might even get myself sacked, and uh, that would be a terrible thing. I would, uh, I would hate to uh, hate to be sacked. Now, um, Yoshi, uh, welcome uh, to a Monday Drive Time. Thank you, thank you, Gary. Thank you for the warm welcome, Gary. We would never ever sack you. You are too valuable to <laughs> to not just the Faith FM. That's you, a, that's a, that's not what I hear. I hear going around the track. You can hear it. It's I, out there now. It's official. We want to keep you forever. Oh, that, that's good. That's yeah, a, that's something I get paid a wage forever. Uh, yeah, you have to talk to the conference president about that one. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, and Yoshi, tell us now. Look, we've just come off. We've just a week mm-hmm. away. From from the uh, what was our big big camp convention mm-hmm. uh, up at Barmera, have you recovered fully yet? Um, well, I went in with a bulging disc on my C six and C seven spinal thing, right? And I actually thought I was gonna not be able to do much. Um, yeah, surprisingly, yeah. with a back brace on, I, I did manage to get a fair bit done. Um, and I'd like to say I think I've recovered. Uh, Others did a lot more than I did, at least physically. Um, but I guess there was a sense of really just being, being there, being together. It was really nice. It was really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while the physical tiredness is still there, I went to the physio straight after and, and, uh, he gave me not a clean bill of health, but he said, you're actually improving quite well. So I didn't yeah. behave myself, I guess, in that sense. I, I sort of understand yeah. why these football teams actually have a physio as part yeah. of the team. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we almost need a physio to be, because I know that, 
and ministers, of course, you know, don't uh, don't do a, a lot of heavy physical work. Exactly. And of course, uh, building a building up a, a convention, uh, you know, you're cutting around a lot of piles of chairs and putting yep. up tents, and you know, I mean, suddenly the heavy physical work comes. You know, I know <laughs> on this occasion, uh, probably for the first time, it took me certainly a a good week to actually get over the results of our our camp. You almost need to work out to get ready to work to work physically. Yes, indeed, indeed, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, but look, let's come to our World Watch uh, segment uh, for today. I uh, uh, I picked up this this article. It was actually a week or so ago. Uh, it's it's in the uh, Christian Headlines uh, website, and uh, it really jumped out at me when I when I actually read it because it's actually. Uh, reflecting on a survey done by the American Bible Society and the article was entitled 86% of Americans say the nation is in moral decline but they can't agree why. Now I found that to be absolutely intriguing. 86% of Americans say the nation is in moral decline but they can't agree why. And this is what the uh, article said. An overwhelming majority of Americans believe that the nation is in moral decline though they're not in agreement on what the cause is according to a new study. The poll by the American Bible uh, Society study uh, found that 86% of US adults believe the nation is in moral decline with 26% now then we looked at the reasons for that with 26% of the group blaming the decline on lack of positive parental involvement Uh, well that would certainly uh, maybe come into this equation Uh, about one in four adults 23% blame the negative influence of media movies or music while 16% said the problem is an unhealthy reliance on social media uh, for information on current events. Another 14% blamed the low level of respect for the Bible as a guide for moral development. A total of 13% of adults said that the problem was the negative influence of government leaders. The poll was part of the American Bible Society's annual State of the Bible report. Adults of all religions, or none at all, believe society is in decline morally, the report said. They can't agree on what the problem is. The report said parents, music, Social media, all of these may contribute to the problem, but there's one diagnosis recognized only by a select group. Those who know and love the Bible understand its power as a guide for moral development. They see that the moral decline of America parallels the decline of scripture engagement in America. Could the nation's moral decline be slowed or even reversed by greater attention to the scriptures? That was the question. That was one of the final questions that came out of that study by the American Bible Study, uh, Bible Society. Now, uh, to, to me, this raises some really intriguing questions there, uh, Yoshi. Uh, look, what do you think is the root of this problem? You know, I mean, I suppose to me, I just sort of look at two different, different things here. Um, a nation uh, being in moral decline is a problem or um, a population that can't agree why. 
which do you think is the, actually the biggest problem? Uh, I think I think both are problems, in, in obviously for obvious reasons. If I had to pick one, um, if push came to shove, I'd say the latter, a, a population that can't agree why. So what it's trying to say, at least the survey, what a survey is telling us, is that there is a level of self-awareness. Yep. America is saying that we are getting worse. Yes, yes. Now, I have another question, which I, I think we'll get to, I suppose. Getting worse by by what standard? What does that even mean? Yes, yes. Um, so that's probably something we we'll probably talk about in just a moment. But the fact that they don't know why means that people have different priorities and reasons on how to fix it. It's it's like we talk about big camp and recovering. Yeah, yeah. My whole body is hurting. Yeah. Now that's like saying, I don't know why. So mm-hmm. if you don't know why, how do you fix it? Exactly. And exactly. That's, and that's the biggest challenge, right? Yeah. You know, there's an issue. My back hurts, mm-hmm. but how do you fix it? Well, in my case, it's easy. Go to the physio, get a CT scan. That's where the injury is. Do this stretch, do that stretch. And it's not going to get better immediately, but it will eventually get better if I follow those instructions. Yes. But without a set of instructions, and you know where I'm heading with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Without a set of instructions and guidelines, of course, it's going to be everybody else's fault. Yeah. Other than, yeah. you know, some, like you read from the article, it's the media's fault, it's the leaders, it's this, it's that, it's the other. It's trying to find a solution. It's trying to pinpoint a solution without an actual real investigation of the, of what the cause of the issue is. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I really appreciate that. But look, to me, there's actually a, probably even a, a bigger issue again, and you did actually uh, hearken to it. Um, you know, some people would actually suggest that the, uh, the church, uh, that for the church to be seen as relevant to the contemporary era, it should adjust what is seen as a dated moral Outlook, mm-hmm. you know. Now, this is something that you know I find it repetitious. Certainly, um, amongst people who have got nothing to do with the, uh, you know, with the scriptures, with the Word of God, with uh, with the Bible itself. But you know, should the should the church adjust its perceived dated moral outlook? Well, I think that's the wrong question to ask. No, no. Sorry, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 that's good. It's a question, question that's not asked to you. It's yes, a question yes, that other people are yes, saying. Yes, 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 yes. But as Christians, that's almost the wrong question to ask because yeah. it takes into consideration one assumption, which I'm sure you and I disagree with, Yeah. that the church has a dated moral outlook. Mm-hmm. In essence, the Bible is dated. Mm-hmm. And so we need to shift away from what the Bible says and go with the times and go with society. Mm-hmm. And Gary, we wonder why America is in moral decline. Mm. Because when you shift your outlook to something that is, I guess, I guess, um, whatever goes, yeah, you're gonna have a problem. Exactly. Because what is right to me won't be right to you, um, unless we use foundationally the Bible as our guide. You're gonna have, you're gonna, everything's gonna be dated. The Bible yeah. is timeless. And, and when we go through Bible studies, we discover some foundational principles that stand the test of time. Yeah. Um, I, we can talk about a lot of things. Love one another, for example. Mm. Um, you look at the American political system. Yeah. One party claims to be Christian. One party claims to be something else. And sometimes I feel like it's the Christian party that's less Christian sometimes. Yeah. The Christian yeah. leaders that are less. Yeah. You know, and of course I'm overgeneralizing and maybe yeah. even nitpicking. Yeah. Um, but when we have, when we assume that the Bible is dated, anything goes. 
Yeah. And so to answer your question, um, how would I respond? I would say that the Bible has principles and a moral outlook that is timeless. I, I find yeah. that a re- I, I really appreciate that response, actually, uh, Yoshi, because I, I know myself. I mean, if you think of some of the the moral uh, precepts that are, are presented to us within the world, I mean, I, I just think of one. You know, I mean, okay, let me take. You know, thou shalt t- uh, uh, not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, it's something that uh, certainly you know many people have been taught down through the years. Uh, is that uh, dated? Well, you know, to me, I mean, uh, I. I've I've been a pastor for many years, as, as you have, and uh, the thing that I am so conscious of is that in my my ministry, on many, many, many occasions, I've had to uh, deal with situations where you know uh, there has been family breakup as a result of adultery occurring. Now, you know, I mean, you know, it's so easy to say in our world, look, you know, we should adjust the our understanding of adultery uh, because, uh, uh, you know, to make us more relevant. But, you know, in doing that, uh, what, what I've discovered is the sheer hurt and pain that adultery brings into uh, into families. You know, I mean, uh, it, it might be, you know, a new couple get together. Meanwhile, two previous families have, have split up, um, uh, a husband and a wife from, from previous relationships are in absolute turmoil. Children... Um, are, uh, are, are distraught. And I've, I said, I know in my ministry, this is something that I've had to deal with, with yes, monotonous regularity. Mm. And I turn around and I say, hey, you know, is this, um, is, ba- is this basic moral teaching, is it unreasonable for today? Well, as I, I look at, from my experience, I turn around and say, hey, nothing could be more relevant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of the Bible, uh, a lot of what the Bible says in terms of its moral outlook, in terms of its foundational principles, and you've alluded to that already very clearly with something like adultery. But you look at the other, let's go to Ten Commandments. Yeah. Thou shalt not kill. I mean, that's foundational in society, right? Yeah. But yeah. beyond that, uh, st- you're talking about the least commandments, so to speak. Don't envy, uh, don't, don't covet, um, don't steal, those yep. sorts of things. Yes. Yep. If everyone followed that, then well i'm interested that you actually pick up you know thou shalt not kill because you know if you think about it in america mm-hmm. uh think of the number of mass shootings i was just watching a news oh, program yeah. the other day and i heard there would been 173 i think they said a mass sh- this isn't just not one off shootings mass shootings in america just this year yep. uh you know and i i look i've got to look at that and i got to turn around and say hey you know uh you know for a for a bible do we really want to do away with the moral principles that are encased within the Word of God? America is an interesting one because I have a fascination with what happens in America and American politics. I lived yeah. there for about two and a half years, yeah. um, and I have a lot of American friends. And yeah. even the American, my American friends who are pastors and Christians, um, yes, we have the foundational biblical, you know, things that are that are the same. But even their views on certain things intrigue me. They're not necessarily bad. But when you expand that to the bigger, to the bigger, um, um, what do you call that? The, the bigger collective of of the, the gun culture, for example. Yeah. You're talking about mass shootings. Um, tragic. The, la- the latest news was some, some guy was shooting in his yard. The neighbor says, can you please keep it down? My baby is trying to sleep. 
and he shoots them all, the whole family. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, just, it's, just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and yet yeah. you know you follow the the biblical principle, the the basic moral law that simply says thou shalt not kill. You know, is this unreasonable? I mean, come on, our society. I mean, surely within our society there are some basic moral principles that are perfectly reasonable and can slot beautifully mm. into the society that we live today. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The challenge comes also from making sure that because the Bible is a historical book that records historical events. Yeah, I've I've heard other people use anecdotally things. Oh, you know, so and so did this. David committed adultery, so that must be a moral outlook or, or whatever. I'm like, well, hang on, that's that's not a principle. That's just history of how it's being recorded. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and this is where our journey and here at Faith FM and in our churches, we do Bible study. We understand the con- the context, the culture, to draw out principles as opposed to going, this is what it is, and therefore. And of course, yeah. King David was rebuked by the prop by the exactly. Lord's prophet. Yeah. He was rebuked by God Himself, and he suffered mm-hmm. as a result because, yep. of his. Sin, yep. you know, and to me, so I look at this, I turn around and say, "Hey, uh, the Bible is so relevant mm. to the day and age that we're actually living in today." Yes, definitely, yeah, love definitely. It. Uh, look, guys, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, this is uh, Faith First. The uh, the song is uh, uh, "Where There Is Faith." Uh, please enjoy this song. It's a uh, beautiful, beautiful words. Yeah. 
The uh, the song is uh, where there is faith. I really do uh, appreciate the the sentiments in that uh, that particular that particular song. Uh, now, guys, look, we do have a giveaway uh, book for you today, and uh, this uh, this book's a real a real beauty. Now, uh, today's uh, giveaway is entitled "Revive Us Again." Uh, of course, today we are actually talking about the uh, the subject of the the Holy Spirit, and uh, "Revive Us Again" has been put together by Pastor Mark Finley. Uh, now, uh, Mark is a uh, an incredible uh, communicator. Uh, he has he's preached uh, an entire life. Uh, he has uh, he has written more books than I can uh, count, and every single book uh, is certainly greatly appreciated. Now, this is not a big book. It's not a difficult book to read. Uh, this is the sort of book that uh, you might want to use in your devotional time. Revive us again. If you are feeling uh, that your spiritual life is just a little bit uh, a little bit flat, it's not really going the way that you want it to go, uh, then uh, this subject and uh, this book is really worth uh, picking up. Now, Revive Us Again by Pastor Mark Finley. You can acquire that book uh, just simply by texting us. Now, our uh, studio text number is 04888 80811, 04888 
80811 and the code for today is SA117 now uh, SA117 now please don't put a gap uh, we've had one or two people putting a gap between the SA and the 117 uh, we've got a uh, this, this goes through to our robot it doesn't go through to any human and our robot we can't afford one of those expensive robots we've got a dumb robot he's a silly robot uh, and uh, if you put a gap between the SA and the 117 our robot he doesn't know what to do um, one of these days they're going to be able to uh, give uh, give uh, Faith FM a, uh, a robot that uh, can actually handle these uh, these sorts of uh, difficulties. But uh, SA one one seven, just five digits in a in a row, and uh, uh, that will go through to our robot. Uh, we call him uh, Pilgrim. He's a friendly robot. He'll come back to you. He'll ask a, f- a few questions um, of you uh, so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. Uh, that book again is Revive Us Again by Pastor Mark Finley and the code that you need to put into your text is SA117 and that drive time text number is 04888-80811 you'll uh, you'll love this uh, this particular uh, book now look also if you've got any uh, comments questions or requests that uh, you'd like to like to make you can actually use that same number uh, to make comments or, or questions because uh, uh, we do really appreciate getting feedback from our from our listeners uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and uh, my co-host today is Pastor Yoshi and Yoshi's my boss he's the executive secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in South Oz and it's great to have him in the studio and this week we're following the theme the Bible the Believer and the Spirit uh, and today we're chatting on the question is the Holy Spirit Spirit real what did Jesus say? Now, this is probably, uh, Yoshi, for me, one of the mm. uh, more contentious questions that I've had to deal with uh, within my within my ministry. I've actually had the privilege of being being involved in one or two uh, revival uh, situations, mm. and uh, on each occasion, it's come about uh, when people have presented on this subject of the, the Holy Spirit. But I've also had others um, um, talk to me about certain supernatural uh, manifestations mm. that uh, they linked through to, you know, the, the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, for a lot of people, this is something that is it's, it's a subject that where there's a great deal of confusion out mm. there on, on this subject. Now, look, let's just start uh, by, uh, I suppose, asking the, the base-level question question you know the holy spirit is he real uh, and uh, what did jesus say about it mm. good good question gary i think the challenge um with trying to figure out the holy spirit is 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 something that's going to take a lot of time it's going to take certainly more than you know a whole week of drive yeah, time yeah 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 um and i think the, the difficulty comes when we venture into the unknown the things that are not clearly outlined in the bible yeah we make speculation we say this that or the other and we use a very human rationale to try and essentially figure god out and figure how he works mm. i have a little this will probably get me in trouble especially with my wife oh, i like this i like this <laughs> so i'm going to say this on air if my wife is listening um i always say to people i don't understand women (laughs) now you're not the first person to have said that yes 
I just, I tell my wife, I just don't understand. And she will say the same thing to me. I don't understand you either. And yet we love each other. Yeah. yeah. We, we get along. We work yeah. things out. Yeah. And we work. Yeah. So you don't have to fully understand something yeah. or someone yeah. to make it well. You just need to know what is clear and explicit. And there are certain ways which I do things and my wife, will, it drives her nuts. And there are certain things that she, she does. I'll be like, why can't you? And I won't go into any of those details. Maybe perhaps I should come and do a pastoral visit over your way. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. Maybe you should rather. Um, but coming back to the question, is the yeah. Holy Spirit rule the answer? The simple answer is yes. Yeah. Because the Bible makes it very, very clear. In fact, we're going to look at a couple of passages yeah, today yeah. Let's in do that. Jesus' own words. Yeah. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. Um, before I read the verse about the Holy Spirit in Jesus' own words, I want to read from the beginning of the chapter. So John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. The Bible says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms or many mansions. Mm -hmm. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus says, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So Jesus is setting the scene. He's telling everyone that he will be leaving. And most importantly, he will be coming back. Now, I want to pause for a moment. Um, this is a passage that, as a pastor, I've read and I've preached on many times, mm. talking about the second coming. Mm. So, somebody made this comment. I might have read it somewhere. I can't remember where I read it or who told me this yeah. comment. I can't remember. But this was, this was a statement. Jesus needed to come, but he didn't need to stay. I, I'm interested. Are you looking at me, Gary? That's, that's, a, like, that's, that's a, not my statement. That's, well, that's deeply philosophical in is, some ways. Yeah. Well, what, what, what do you think? Jesus needed to come. I mean, that that is foundational. Yep, it's certainly yep. something that's been prophesied yep. uh, right through the entire mm-hmm. Old Testament. It's something, did Jesus need to come? Of course he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he need to stay? Well, that uh, is... That's a, it's, tell me the answer. I, I, I'm trying to. Yeah, no. Well, well, I'm not sure if I have one because, on one hand, obviously Jesus is still with us. Yes, but he's not with us in a physical sense because when he was, he he needed to come uh, in the form of a human being yes. to die for us. Yes. That is foundational. Yes, but he didn't need to stay in that form because okay. otherwise. It's going to be hard for us to reach out to him, right? Mm-hmm. And um, now I'm going to say I agree with that statement. And you're right. It is deeply philosophical. It's another topic for another day. But that perhaps sets the tone for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So Jesus says he's going to go and prepare a mansion for us and he's going to come back. Mm. What happens in between? So verse 16. You know, before you move on from that, sure. you know, the thing that really jumps out to me about uh, uh, John 14, 1 to 3 mm. is that Jesus is telling them that he is actually going to go away. Now, we look at this. I know I've certainly preached on this uh, particular passage uh, many times. And it to us, it's a, it's a wonderful passage that, uh, hey, you know, Jesus is coming back again. What mm. a wonderful message that is. Mm. But, you know, to those disciples, they've got their master. Yeah. He is the one who, for or, you know, he's been he's been healing the sick. He's been feeding those who are hungry. He's been raising the dead. You know, he has been their teacher, his master. For them, this is not a good news because yes, he's going to come. For us, we see the good news part, yep. uh, but for them, they're about to lose 
the master teacher. Mm. And to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, you know, that's the start of this chapter. Jesus, you know, Jesus now got to share something with them that has in some ways discouraged yeah. the apostles. So his next few statements better be somewhat encouraging, you would think. Exactly, exactly. And that, to me, is yeah. exactly what happens. And that, to, to me, is a thing that is absolutely so exciting about yeah, this passage. Exactly, because he has uh, hit, hit the nail on the head, um, Gary, because they're dejected. He, they've just been told by the master we're leaving. And imagine if Jesus ended there. It's like, I'll see you soon. Yeah. Or I'll see you in whenever. Yeah. yeah. But Jesus provides a very powerful solution. Yep. He, and this is the part where I guess that statement that I can't remember where I heard from, he didn't need to stay because the solution in some ways, it's better, better. And I use those words very loosely yep. than yep. a physical yep. Jesus yep. that it has physical limitations. So in verse 16 of John chapter 14, Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. So notice the word another, which means mm. he's going to, the Holy Spirit is going to do what I've been able to do so far, yeah. physically. Yeah. To be with you forever, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And verse 18 of John chapter 14, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Uh, Jesus says, look, you may feel dejected. You may feel abandoned, so to speak, Mm. because me, your master, I've been with you for so many years now, three and a half years, and I'm going to be going. um, But you will not be abandoned. Yeah. You know, orphans are abandoned. So Jesus is saying, when I physically leave you, um, there will be a replacement, if you must, or a connection, if you must, to Jesus himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this, this to me gives me incredible hope mm. because if, in fact, Jesus had left this world and there was nothing yeah. Uh, there was no hope. There was no replacement. If Jesus had just simply abandoned us and said, I've done my job, away I'm, I'm going. Well, he went back to heaven, but this passage to me, uh, if you, pr- I will pray the Father, he is going to give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Mm. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive mm. because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he's going to dwell with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, to me, this is a beautiful, this is an amazing picture, because Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to come to you, and the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. And mm. to me, as I look at this, I, I sort of say, hey, here we've got this magnificent picture of, uh, if you like, uh, I've actually shared, you know, to, I know, I, I, uh, numerous youth groups on, on this subject and, you know, this, that Jesus is intending through the Holy Spirit to dwell inside mm. his people. Now, to me, as I look at that, I says, hey, this has to give incredible hope 
to uh, to each of us. Uh, Jesus can live. You know, I, I love myself. One of my favourite passages of Scripture, and I know I'm taking your job right now, is no, no, you know no, no. Philippians chapter two, where mm-hmm. Paul says, "Let this mind be in you, that is also in Christ Jesus." Now, how how Yoshi mm. can the mind of Jesus mm. be in me? How does that work? I mean, to me, as I look at this. It can only occur as I have this 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 wonderful person, the Holy Spirit, dwelling within me. Because as he dwells within me, then Philippians is able to say, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. A, tra- a change seems to take place when a person accepts Jesus Christ. Yep. But uh, look, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. I've got to stop preaching. Like, Yo, like, by like, preach like, away, like, Gary. You like, are hit. You are you are hitting the bullseye on every single one of your comments. I think it is an encouraging, a powerful thing. Um, just just moving on from you know the the rest of John chapter fourteen. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Indeed. So we can't. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm making a theological leap here. Yes. It's like you can't have Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Exactly, exactly. I I love one of the uh, comments that's actually come in just a moment ago from one of our, one of our, our listeners and, uh, uh, just uh, someone texted in saying, hi guys, uh, one way to describe God's Holy Spirit is it's like electricity, an invisible active force that he uses to accomplish all things. Uh, How would you respond to that, uh, Yoshi? Um, I, th- there is some truth in that. I, I, I don't disagree at all, um, John Full. And thank you for sending your message through. I, I don't disagree at all for that matter because there is a, a mystery in a way God works. I said at the start, yes, yes, we don't know exactly yes. how he works. Yeah. But we can be clear on what the Bible specifically says. Yeah. Let's fast forward a couple of chapters. Yep. In John chapter 16, the Bible says this in verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good, Jesus says, that I'm going away. Two chapters later, Jesus is saying, hang on, I know you're feeling sad. I've told you about the Holy Spirit, but consider the bigger ramifications, which you don't understand yet. So let me tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then Jesus goes into the description or further description of what the Holy Spirit does. This is what he says. When he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not Mm. speak his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And this final verse, you know, he will bring glory to me, to Jesus. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Yeah. I mean, that's outlining what the Holy Spirit can do, and there's a lot more that we can really break down uh, in terms of the role of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, no, look, I, I think that passage, I believe, is t- absolutely key mm. in understanding this particular. So this is Christ who is presenting the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world. The first work is convict the world of sin, 
of righteousness and of judgment. You know, one of the things that I'm just really conscious of is that uh, within religion today generally, one of the things that is not spoken about very much is the whole issue of sin. Mm. And yet here Christ is saying when the Holy Spirit is coming, the very first thing that he will do is to convict a person of sin. And to me, that's, that's incredibly challenging. But to me, I believe it's incredibly important because, you know, sometimes I'm conscious that we've got listeners, people who listen to this particular program who struggle because, hey, they're under the weight of sin. Mm. And to me, I look at that as a incredibly positive development because what we have when a person is being convicted of the convicted by the Holy Spirit, the first thing that will happen is they'll be convicted of their sin. Mm. Uh, and it's when the, they come to come and repent of that sin that suddenly other things are able to take place as well. Later in the week, we're going to look at uh, deeper into some of the works of the Holy Spirit. We're mm. going to look at how he it talks there about teaching, uh, about developing fruit in the life mm. of the believer, about giving gifts in the life of the believer. But that's going to come later in the week. But look, I'm conscious that our time is starting to even get a... Uh, get away from us. But look, let's, if we can, uh, let's come to some, some music. This is uh, Gospel Truth, and uh, this is the uh, the song, There's a Sweet, uh, Sweet Spirit. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know that it's the Spirit.
And that's the gospel truth and the uh, song Sweet, Sweet Spirit. That's an old one way back from the uh, probably 1970s, 1980s. Goodness me, that's a long, long way back. I will remember singing uh, that uh, in my uh, youth group uh, over there in the western suburbs of Sydney where I grew up. And I do want to give a big shout out to all our mates over there in Sydney. Uh, I learned to drive over on Parramatta Road and uh, I believe it's changed a fair bit uh, these days. I try to stay uh, uh, stay off the freeways these days and uh, go by the routes that I uh, uh, I used to know when I'm over in that part of the world. But hello to all our good friends in uh, in Sydney. Uh, now, folks, look, we do have a giveaway a book uh, for you. Uh, that giveaway book is Revive Us Again by Mark Finlay. Now, this is a real little beauty. If if this if you are uh, in your devotional life, if you are feeling a little flat, uh, if you're uh, questioning, do I have uh, the Holy Spirit functioning within me? Uh, then this book is well worth a read. It's not long. It's not heavy. It's not hard. Uh, all you need to do is to text us, and uh, uh, you can text us at our studio text number, which is o four triple eight. 8081104888811 and our code for today is SA117 no gap between the SA and the 117 just SA117 and uh, the book is in is Revive Us Again by Mark Finley uh, you don't need to tell us that just SA117 and uh, to 04888811 and that'll go through to our robot and uh, he'll come back to you ask you a, a few uh, a few questions so that we can get this uh, book uh, uh, to you in the fastest uh, way way possible uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and my co-host today is Pastor, uh, Pastor Yoshi and Yoshi's my boss and Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in uh, South uh, South Oz. Now this week we are following the theme the Bible, the Believer and the Spirit and today we're chatting on the question the Holy Spirit is he real? What did Jesus say? Now, Yoshi, really appreciate what it is that you've been sharing with us uh, to this point. We've got about 10 minutes until the, until the top of the hour. But, you know, I, I'm really interested, you know, that we do actually have a Bible character, you know, Nicodemus. Mm. Now, he mm. had a really interesting experience with Christ, and Christ said some remarkable things to him. Can you just take us through that? Uh, because this is really linked into this subject mm. big time. Yep. So uh, Nicodemus, the encounter between him and Jesus is found in John chapter 3, so I encourage you to read the rest of it. Let me give you the short version. He comes to Jesus by night and he wants to know what it means to be, to be, to do the right thing, yeah. to be close to Jesus. That's the essential, the sum, the, essentially the summary. And Jesus in uh, John chapter 3 and verse 5 says this, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Mm. So he says he's born of water and the spirit. Now, water means, I guess, baptism. That's, uh, the, that's the symbolism that's of the washing. Symbolism baptism. Of yeah, washing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, we've heard that term in its, and that's another long discussion, but it's a simple one. Yeah. But what does it mean to be born of the spirit? Maybe I'll throw the question back to you, Gary. Like when you say born of water and the spirit, what, what does that mean? 
Well, I think what Christ is doing here is, you know, certainly to me, is linking two things together. Mm-hmm. Um, water, there a, a decision has been made. I'm, uh, I'm lowered into the uh, waters of baptism, um, dying to my old life and uh, rising to walk in a newness of life. Water is, is relatively easy. But Christ here adds and says, no, you must be born of water and the Spirit. Do you know, one of the things I'm just really conscious of is that uh, we live in a world today where there is so much, dare I say it, fake Christianity mm-hmm. out there. Now, I, I don't want to point the fingers at, you know, at, at anybody at all on this one. But, you know, I, I think of, you know, some, some Christians who, you know, are prepared to, um, well, I think of the old days of the IRA, you know, Christians and Protestants happy to throw bombs mm-hmm. at, at, at each other. Uh, you know, to me, I, I look at this and I've got to say, hey, uh, is this activity genuinely Christian? And the answer, of course, is, no, it is not. Uh, there is there is something about being born of water. That's a decision to follow Christ. But being born of the Spirit is something that actually changes an individual. Whereas we're functioning in a, within an environment today where uh, many, many, many are prepared to say, "Look, yeah, I, I'm a Christian," and yet it's really had no discernible impact. On their lives. Mm. Uh, And what I believe Christ is doing here is that you actually don't have the power to change your life yourself. What you need is actually a power source within you uh, that is uh, is going to give you that that authority. Uh, I mean, but how, how would you say it? Well, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, the idea of the Holy Spirit comes down to, or being born of the Spirit rather, comes down to transformation. Because, you know, you get into the water under the symbolism of baptism, nothing changes. You get wet and you dry off with a towel and and that's it. Yeah. But the transformation from within comes, as we talked about earlier, comes from a change that needs to come from inside you. Yeah. And by ourselves, like, I don't know about you, but um, I'm not perfect. Uh, How? I mean. uh, Who is? Who is? You're a little bit older than me. You've lived out life just a little bit. Are you ninety-eight percent perfect? Well, and, and, and that and that is the no matter how the older you get, the more you see your own faults. Yep. You know, you know, it's really interesting. The great apostle Paul, you know, at the beginning of his uh, his Christian life, he viewed himself as being the uh, the chief of, of sinners. But by the end of his Christian life, he was simply describing himself as the least of all the apostles. You know, I mean, he he couldn't. He, he, he never did. He get to a point of saying, "Hey, I have actually achieved." You know, I have yeah. not yet achieved. But I, you know, this is something that you you look at, and the older you get, the more you realise mm. uh, your own frailty. Um, and yet, what you've what you've got here, uh, Jesus is saying that the uh, the Holy Spirit does have impact on a person who chooses to believe. Exactly. It comes down on this journey of recognizing transformation can and will and should happen when you have the Holy Spirit. It's not just a mouth 
service or lip service to say, hey, it's it's okay. You know, I believe in Jesus, and you you alluded to this idea of fake Christianity, especially on the internet. We see a lot of that these days. Exactly. And you go like, well, that's that's not what the Bible is all about. And uh, it, the, the the danger comes from us. I guess we can judge others quite easily. Yeah. But we need to look at ourselves. Yeah. How have our lives changed? Is the Holy Spirit real? Yes. But it's only as real as we allow him to come into our lives to change us. Yeah. I like to think um, I wasn't always a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I like to think that I'm a better person, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. And am I the best judge of that? I don't know. But I can I can say this with some level of certainty that if some of my high school friends saw me, I grew up in Malaysia. Yeah. If they saw me today, they'd be like, "Wow, you, there were some things about you which were just uh, I don't I don't I don't air all my dirty your, laundry." Your, so your, speak, your, right? Yoshi, a pastor? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. In fact, I think it's a funny story. One of my friends um, that I grew up with, um, I hadn't seen him for ten years and had been a pastor, and I actually said to him, uh, "You know, we caught up after ten years." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's an investment banker. He's doing really, really well. And he knew that I had a real, you know, I wanted to make money, drive a sports car, all of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we hadn't com- communicated. He goes, "Oh, what are you doing now?" And he says, "I'm a pastor." He just burst out laughing. He burst out laughing and to the point where it was almost embarrassing. And he was, he had a, you know, a few choice words that, and then he was like, you know, bleeping this, bleep that. <laughs> and then he says, and then he said to me, whoa, you're serious. Yeah. And he was so stunned. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I tried to tell him, I said, well, something's changing me, right? I have a different outlook on life now. I yeah. have my bad days. My yeah. wife will be the first to tell you that. Yeah. But there's something about the transformation of the Holy Spirit, the fruit yeah. of the Spirit yeah. that I try to strive towards and I want to strive towards because I allow God to work in my heart and I allow God to try and transform me. Yeah. Bad days, good days, those that it's always up and down, uh, yeah. on depending on the day of the week. But there are more ups than downs for sure. And yeah. each day, I like to see. I like to think that God continues to encourage me and lift me up and to change my character to be more and more like Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I think what you're saying there is is bang on the money because uh, you know that passage again, Philippians chapter two. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. The way we think, you know, I, I love you know Galatians chapter uh, chapter five, and of course Galatians chapter five is written by uh, Paul to the church at uh, at Galatia, mm. and he uh, climaxing. This is his last, uh, well, his second last chapter in the in the book, and uh, what he talks about is this thing called the fruit of the spirit. Now, you know, there are so many uh, people who I, I've certainly spoken to that you know the evidence of the Holy Spirit is the gift of the spirit, gifts of the spirit. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit gives gifts, but he gives different gifts to different people. He doesn't give the same any one gift to any uh, any uh, to, to to everybody. But what you what you find here in uh, Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace. If you think about it, when he starts talking about these, these are things that are deep within an individual. And uh, he, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. Now, joy is something that you know. What is joy? It's peace. You know, what is peace to you? You know, to, to me, uh, to be able to have peace in the world in which we're living today, where suicide is going through the roof, is something that I look at and I say, hey, if this this is a gift that only God can give, he promises the gift love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering. We now look at other people now, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, this is what Paul says is the fruit or the fruit of the Spirit. These are the things that naturally develop. Mm. Uh, you know, to, to me, as I look at this, I just simply say, hey, you know, why would a person not want this in their life? Yeah, well said, well said. Um, this this passage here, it always struck me as how it says the fruit of the spirit. You would, you know, grammatically yes. we say the fruits, yes, right? Yes, it's, yes, it's plural. Yes, yes, but it's almost as if the author is being intentional, and saying, "Hey, this is all one package. Yes. This is what the Holy Spirit can give you. It's not just going to give you love. It's not just joy. It's it's an entire package: love, joy, yeah. peace, long suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control." And in verse twenty five um, of Galatians. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Mm. It's this invitation to walk with God in a way that is that benefits you of that mm. transformation, mm. and just I think makes you a nicer person to be around yeah. because of that yeah. transformation that can be worked within yeah. our hearts. Yeah. And, yeah. and this, to me, I think, uh, Yoshi, is in fact the difference between genuine and fake yes. Christianity. Definitely. You know, there are so many times I hear I could cringe on the news uh, when I hear uh, the you know uh, that some Christian pastor has been involved in child sexual abuse. Mm. You know, uh, I mean, is this real Christianity or is this simply fake? Is this where the Holy Spirit leads? somebody to know it's not you know i mean there is such a thing as true christianity there's also such a thing as fake christianity and in the world in which we're living today uh, certainly uh, i think the uh uh, the evidence is certainly clear and out there Uh, you know there are uh, far too many uh, even Christian ministers who have become involved in financial scandals, mm. uh, who have been and come involved in you know child sexual a- a- abuse, uh, it, it it is reprehensible that uh, uh, that this sort of stuff. But what's the problem? The problem is actually the uh, the issue of the Holy Spirit, the lack of the Holy Spirit, the lack of the Holy Spirit, the, because the, there is such a thing as a fake. Christianity. When you have the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives and our hearts, um, we don't have to tell people our Christianity in the sense of you know that that genuine transformation comes across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's pray together as we finish. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you now. I want to say thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you so much for all it means to us. Lord, if there's anybody right now who's struggling. On this issue, if there's anyone who doubts, uh, I pray that as they just acknowledge you in their mind, that indeed you might give them that power of the Holy Spirit that you have promised in your word. Just ask and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, Pastor Gary and uh, Yoshi on Pastor Yoshi on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Really look forward to seeing you tomorrow. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.